think there's a certain amount of I call it deprogramming that needs to be done, which is 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 hard because I think it's it's quite difficult to do because it's almost so built into your expectations of the world that it becomes invisible. And then, like I say, I think a lot of women take it on themselves. They say it's oh, it's my fault. It's my I'm not right. And it's like no, you will not win in this situation. There is no way to win because everyone is disregarding what you're saying. Welcome to another episode of Spotlight with Francis Brown, CEO of Nightingale Design Research. In this episode, we talk about transitioning from an academic background, both her and her husband, and we examine some of the struggles with mental health and how she's overcome these. Uh, so my husband and I met each other when we were studying our degree in psychology and part of that degree was uh, one of the courses was a, a human computer interaction which was a really new course at the time it was not available in a lot of universities it, the people who were running the course were kind of starting off that academic world of understanding the interaction of humans and computers it was kind of the beginning of UX from an academic point of view so from from our point of view, myself and Michael, we really enjoyed that course. We we did it and we, we were, it was different from psychology. It was different from everything else that we were doing. It was a little bit of a strange one. And then Michael went on and did a PhD in it. So he stayed in that world, whereas I went off and did other things. Um, I did academic research and then I actually became a primary teacher, as you do. But I was planning on going into educational psychology. Then I changed my mind on that front. And... I ended up editing a magazine. So I've done a lot of different things. And what I found down through the years is that any time I've ever interviewed for a job, I've always thought, oh, I have such a range of different experience. Well, they think I am i don't stick at anything, but I've always found that any time I have interviewed for any jobs in the past, they've always said, oh, you're, this is really interesting. And this is really interesting. And I think over the years of gathering lots of different pieces of experience, I then was able to kind of think, well, I know how this works and I know how that works. And actually, maybe I could do it myself. Maybe I could actually run something. I don't necessarily need to work for somebody else. I don't necessarily need to look to somebody else to give me direction. And Michael had actually set up a company previously, which then ended up with, was sold. He met, he set it up with other people. And so he had that, some of that experience of running a business. So I said to him, why don't we set up together? He'd been in academia for a long time. He'd done his PhD. He was a postdoc. And academia is a tough slog if you stay in it for a long time. It's, it's, some people love it, but it's, it's one of those worlds that you really have to be committed yeah. to. There's a lot of moving around. We had done a lot of moving around. And so I was like, do you want to leave academia? Do you want to, do you want to start the business with me? It was a bit of a risk. We had two small kids. But I sold it to him, I suppose. And I said, look, let's give it a try. <laughs> You know, we're not going to go bankrupt. I think that's one of the, one yeah, of the big yeah, yeah. things. We're not going to, you know, struggle to eat. So let's give it a try. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. That was the approach I took, I suppose. It was like, you know, why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I suppose that sort of came from the fact that I had done so many jobs and given so many things to try and realized that trying things is not a big deal. And some things, some things you really like and some things you really don't like, but you can just move on and do something else yeah, if it can. doesn't work. Yeah, you can. So it's it's a matter of why not half the time, I think. Yeah, and I think, yeah, it, it's there's no straight route, is there? I think one of the things, especially I feel about education, I was very academic, did really well at school, but 
the route through uh, to through uh, academic training all through the years is very straight like yeah. there's one one way of you go this way that way and you at the end you become a lawyer a doctor a teacher it's very kind of one path very linear and I think what I find when I talk to people about whether you should set up a business or not is that they just don't really know how that works so it's very scary so they almost think it's a massive risk and you mustn't do it because what if everything goes wrong and usually my kind of thought on that is it could go right. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. And what if it does go wrong? What's going to happen? Yeah. The world's not going to end. You're not going to, unless you've spent all your money on it. Yeah. That's not sensible. That's not sensible. That's not sensible. Don't waste your money on it. But there's no great security in a job these days anyway. So you could be made redundant at any point in time, which a lot of people, unfortunately, are learning through the, the pandemic. So if you're looking for security, you're not going to get it. So if that's what you want forget it and then if you do want to start a business why not try it and if you do it for a year or two years and then you think it's not for me just do something else and I think someone who has run a business and has taken that effort and learned all the different things that are part of the business will look very attractive to an employer it shows that you can do your own thing think for yourself develop skills all of that kind of thing so an employer is not going to look at your CV and say oh you ran a business and it didn't work out and I'm not going to hire you they're probably going to say you ran a business, great, could you come and help me run my business, you know, and and actually take all of that learning and and contribute it to my business rather than being someone who's just kind of done the clear straight path through different predictable things. That's also useful because you can see what someone's built up over years. But I think the person who's kind of gone out and done lots of different things and, and really tried a lot of different things is also very attractive, just in a different way, I think. One of the things that really resonated when I was reading your blog was the bit that you'd spoke about in reference to personal feedback. I mean, you're talking about feedback here now. Um, Because I was thinking to myself, like, when you go back over your journey, because that's what it is to wherever you end up, and it's kind of like when you think about the things that people have said to you about what you're doing, and it's usually the people that are closest to you, you realise that they're making those remarks on their personal bias and it's actually got nothing to do with the situation with which you're talking to them about so you might give you an example it was like um after maybe 10 months of running the business i realized that business was a mathematical equation and unfortunately however you want to glamorize it it's just maths because if you can't do maths you're screwed basically, and that is very straightforward maths of you charge X, it costs Y, that's what you pay your bills with. And and, and it is a it is a, a very and I remember at the time that people would say to me like, oh you're obsessed with the close people, you're obsessed with the mathematical situation, blah 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 blah. And I'd say, yeah, but I've been doing this 10 months and I'm already earning more money than when I started which means obsession with the maths is probably the right thing, though, because what you're telling me to do is stop obsessing with the maths, which in my mind will lead me to make less money and not pay the mortgage. And it is all... The the, the point I make is that it really resonated with me because it actually made me go back and reflect on just reading your your blog. I was thinking to myself, oh, God, remember when your mum said that? I remember when I thought to myself, thank God I don't listen to my (laughs) mum. 
<laughs> no one should listen to mums and I'm a mum myself yeah. no I mean it's, it's it's one of those things isn't it a lot of people it depends on the situation but I think a lot of people will criticise or give advice that's essentially a projection of yeah. how they feel and and that's fine you can kind of take that on the chin and say okay I, I get it you're, you're saying it because of how you feel you just can't let it into your head too much I think you have to kind of which is the lonely bit I think yeah. it's you have to really believe in yourself and lots of people don't. And so if you don't, you're going to constantly question yourself. And that's where you start to get really stressed out because you're like, am I doing the right thing? Is this the right thing? Is that? And you have to make decisions. Yeah. You have to say, I yeah. want to do this because un- unless you make a decision, nothing's going to happen. But if you agonize over every decision, everything's going to get delayed. And then you're going to lose momentum and you're going to lose all of the good stuff that you build up. So it's kind of, you have to keep moving. You have to have faith in yourself. You also have to try and cultivate those relationships with people who will say, I don't think you're doing that right. And give you a real reason why that's true. And then take it on the chin if you turn around to them and say, well, you're wrong. And I'm not listening to you. And they're like, yeah, fair enough. And I have had relationships like that with various different people who I worked with or partnered with. And it's been really good where you can kind of help each other to kind of find your groove and grow and you have to be open to that as well I think learning definitely yeah it's all about learning isn't it like the whole thing's a learning curve but um, I know you mentioned earlier about perseverance we were talking earlier and it's when I was and I was like I was just thinking at the time like where that kind of idea of perseverance came from is that when I was a teenager I used to do uh, acting as a just as a, a hobby not as anything to do professionally or anything did a few plays and whatever and a few of my friends really wanted to be actors and in the industry of acting you're obviously you end up very in a very glamorous position if you if you're successful but it, and there's all this idea about talent etc and, and talent is a part of it if you're not good at it you're not going to get anywhere but the people who really succeed are the people who just hang in there who go to 150 auditions the people who who bail after a certain amount of time and go do, do a different job they don't succeed. That's just how it works. Yeah. So a lot of it is just the, com- the combination of that talent and the the desire to do it, which you absolutely have to have, or else you just you just burn out yeah. so quickly. But also just being there, just being the person that for actors, when that perfect role comes up for you and you no one else could play it, you're there. You're not off doing another job. You're not. You're not gone doing something else, and and you you just happen to be there. There's so many actors that are now successful that they're, they're neat and quirky. You know, you can never, you know, I, I would think of like, I can't think of anyone off. Well, even Rowan Atkinson, you know, yeah, someone yeah, yeah, who's exactly. not, not traditionally actory, but he's obviously found his niche as, as a certain type of actor. If he had decided, oh, I want to be an accountant instead, that would be the end of it. So sometimes it's just literally a law of numbers and being there. It's yeah. like, so... Interesting point. Like, there's a really common theme that's running across uh, these interviews on success and like, per- like the perception of it is that um, failure. And I don't mean to say that you failed as an actor. I don't mean it quite like that. But there's a common theme. Like, people were like, you you understood the le- that 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 lesson that from watching that in your your younger years, you clearly applied to the perseverance of the business. Biggest inspiration and so two, these are two questions. So biggest inspiration first. Uh, I would say my grandmother. She's just about to turn 90. She raised nine kids on Top and Saipany. She's still going strong. And she's the definition of strength. She's the definition of perseverance, I think. Yeah. 
because any other person I think or me especially would have sat down and thought I can't do this yeah. I can't raise nine kids yeah she has nine kids all living around her back in Cork where I'm from having a great time turning 90. Who believed in you the most? My husband so we run the company together and he's always been saying you can do this and never it is unremittingly unconditionally supportive I would say in a positive way not in a not in a whitewashy, you can do anything sort of way, in a way that's actually helpful and useful. We all have them. Setbacks. Um, I suppose in the business, we've been lucky that there hasn't been massive setbacks. I, it's it's always been difficult. I yeah. think, you know, I think we were talking about failure earlier. And I, I mean, I know it's a bit happy clappy and a bit kind of new agey or whatever, but I don't like the word failure. It's like it's something either works out or it doesn't. Failure implies that you're somehow wrong or, or didn't do it right or somehow you tried it, it didn't work, but it's not a failure as such. You fail or pass an exam. It's a very academic mindset, isn't it? It's very school. Yeah. You either get 90% or you get 30% or whatever it is. You try something, you learn from it, you go to the next thing is the only way to look at it really, I think, in terms of failure. So I think we've not had major setbacks in, in our Business, of course, in life, I've had setbacks. Everyone has had setbacks. I've suffered very badly from depression and I have to manage that going forward. And I'm very aware of it, but very lucky that it's been mostly okay. It's something that concerns me a little bit with the COVID-19 situation. It's like win or lose, but the world will still be here next year, all going well. Yeah. And the year after and the year after, yeah. unless we expect to all go extinct. So it's it's an ongoing process. And that, I think, again, that's where the perseverance thing comes from. It's not like I'm going to get to this point and win and then everything's going to be fine. You may win and then there's going to be another challenge and another challenge. So as to whether you win or lose or fail or, or win, you know, do not fail, it's that's a bit... I, redundant really mm. it's one thing after another do this thing try and do your best learn from it move on yeah, i am absolutely. actively counteracting that sort of thinking in my friends yeah. when they start getting themselves into a cycle i think i've tried to logic them out of it as much yeah, as i can logic them out of it, yeah. think about what you're actually saying think about how likely that is to happen think about the fact that you know we've had two world wars and we're all still here like it's really this isn't not armageddon armageddon may happen yeah, we may get hit by a meteor and all die, and yeah. no, we'll know the better of it. It's fine, but we'll this vaporize. is not. A, yeah, friends, we don't care about that. But this See, is not. Out. This is not Armageddon. You actually have to keep going. You yeah. have to. You have to keep going. You have to. You have to keep sticking to it because there will be a world still there next year, and and you don't want to get into that situation where a lot of people end up when they're depressed, they look back and it's like, oh, I've wasted months. It's wasted, not wasted, but you know, I've spent months in this trench. Yeah. Don't try and keep yourself out of it if you can. I know it's easier said than done, but like, and I, I do worry about it because I think, yeah, it's the devaluing of the need for people to keep themselves going. At the same time, I do think people have, a lot of people have been taken off a treadmill that was keeping them distracted. Yeah. And now no, they have no distraction, uh, distraction and they have to sit with themselves and that's a scary process. Yeah. So females in leadership, um, as you can see, we only employ ladies here. That's because only ladies ever apply for the jobs. <laughs> so so we, I have to champion women in leadership. So uh, we don't, we're, the business philosophy is to employ nobody senior and raise through uh, the ranks. Well, I think if you are going to work in leadership as a woman, you have to expect some blatant sexism. I think that's just um, the way of it. I've had I've had some of that down through the years, including being told not to pitch for something, to have my husband pitch for it because the person we were pitching to is a sexist who doesn't listen to women. Brilliant. 
no one would ever admit to that if it was racism would they right. like so it's just like it just boggles the mind that people are still like oh you know but I think it's the more subtle kind of things that are the more difficult I think when you're undermined on a constant basis by by people who just don't see you as quite right and it's very hard because I think women are brought up with that as part of their day-to-day experience it's very hard to pinpoint it so I'm quite aware of it now and I've kind of pointed it out to friends of mine where they kind of they take it on themselves they think it's their fault if things are going wrong and I'll say to them no actually if you were a man that wouldn't be an issue so it's the fact that you're a woman that this is a problem and it's really hard because it can be so subtle that if you point it out you look like you're a moaning mini yeah. for want of a better yeah, term yeah, yeah, yeah. you can because you can almost be bringing it up and bringing it up and bringing it up to the extent that it just becomes noise you know there's just it's so entrenched and so difficult to get past in some circumstances it's not all circumstances that to, to a certain extent i think for a lot of women it's just a matter of moving on but then the question is where do you move on to well i would say start your own business and, and you know what i mean and then you can sort yourself out you know what i mean it's kind of then you can have a situation in which you are on you know undeniably the boss if that's the way you want to do it but i mean there would be situations where like for example a friend of mine was running a session with a bunch it was mainly men and she had set up the session she had she was her name was on the company and one of the men sat, sat down and said when's the consultant arrives <laughs> it's like you just automatically dismissed you can't you cannot be the the person who's in charge and i think there's a certain amount of i call it deprogramming that needs to be done, which is 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 hard because I think it's it's quite difficult to do because it's almost so built into your expectations of the world that it becomes invisible. And then, like I say, I think a lot of women take it on themselves. They say it's oh, it's my fault. It's my I'm not right. And it's like no, you will not win in this situation. There is no way to win because everyone is disregarding what you're saying. They will continue to disregard what you're saying no matter what you say. So. It's not a case that you have to say it better or change your message or somehow be nicer or, you know, it's just not going to work. And it's very frustrating in that situation. Like I've seen a lot of very competent women move up the ranks, get to leadership positions, maybe not at the top level, but in the middle level. And that's where a lot of women drop out because they find they're saying things, they're doing things, they're looking for promotion. And there's constant excuses about why they can't move on. And I think actually what happens to a lot of women is that they're so competent, they're so good at what they do, that the men around them keep them in that position because they don't want to lose them. They do all the work. So if we promote her, she's we're going to lose her and we don't want that. Whereas they promote men out of the jobs. They go, right, we'll promote him and he's, he'll be someone else's problem. I mean, you only have to look at Trump and Boris Johnson to, to know that like, as a man, you don't even need basic intelligence. Brains. <laughs> you don't even Dignity. need common sense yeah. to get far. Whereas as a woman, you will always be criticised for this and that and the other thing. And it'll always be couched in terms that you can't quite address. So it's tough. I think there's no way around it in the sense that you have to have someone. I think if you are going to try for leadership positions or you're going to start your own business, I think you need a straight talking person on your side another woman or a bunch of women which i have which is great who will you can bring your problem to them and they'll dissect it for you and they will deprogram the bit in you that says this is my fault because 
you, unless you kind of address that bit, you're always going to be banging your head against the same wall. Like it's it's tough from that point of view. You have to be one dimensional as a woman. You have to be, I'm professional. I never raise my voice. I never do anything. Like Boris Johnson is, is a joke of a human being. Yeah. He's the prime minister. Yeah. And he's done things that, you know, are disdainful. You know, they're just things that you just not put past anybody yeah. in terms of what, what, what they, you know, what's acceptable. And yet it doesn't dent his reputation in the slightest. More avenues to, to be judged as a woman. There is. And I think that... And I think the ideal is that you can do you can do things that are not criminal and not unacceptable to society and it would be disregarded in the same way as it would be disregarded for a man. Yeah. So that completes this episode of Spotlight With. Don't forget to like, rate and subscribe and we'll see you really soon for some more episodes.